0: Welcome to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We hope that you will be encouraged and challenged today as you listen to a message from one of our speakers. Prepare your heart and get ready to receive a word from God today. If you have your Bible with you or a smartphone or whatever you want to use, um, go ahead and turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 2. Speaking of big words, Ecclesiastes. Um, I want to start things off today though with a question. So as you're looking for that, think about this question. Are you ready to think? Okay, big question here. What would you do if you had 20 years to do whatever you want? What would you do? 20 years of free time. I was thinking about this for myself and I I found this picture online. I would do this, I'd master Kung Fu. (laughs) Like that took three seconds. Think of what I could do in 20 years. I don't know if I could do that. All right, I also went to college, so I could do that again five more times. (laughs) If that's your thing, you know, you could do that. Um, I I could also have and raise a child to adulthood in that amount of time. That's a big deal. Or I was looking online a little bit, and I... I read that you can, you can walk around the world on foot. And I could do that 19 times in 20 years. If that's your thing. So what would you do? 20 years of free time. What would you do with that? Probably not the same sort of things that I was thinking about. But here's why I bring that up. This, that's why, here's why I ask that question. If we take a look at the average American, so average up all of us here, statistics show that we will spend five and a half hours per day on our leisure time. Five and a half hours every day on leisure time, downtime activities. And so I did some math, and so that's 2,007 and a half hours per year. Uh, Assuming we live to be about 85 years old, then that's 170,637 and a half hours in our lifetime. Or about 20 years. Whoa. 20 years of leisure time. That's a big number. All right, you ready for some more numbers? All the numbers people just sat forward a little bit like, yeah, come on. Calculator in hand. Let's do it just looking at television time, time in front of the TV, we average almost three hours per day in front of the TV. That, if you do the math, comes out to about 10 years of our life. Or if we look at phone time, how about our phones? Time just scrolling on our phones, right? Phone time is about two and a half hours per day. Which if we do the math on that, Two and a half hours per day comes out to like nine years on our phones. And millennials, they, well, me, I'm in that generation, we're worse than that. Like, nine years is on the low end. (laughs) One more, how about gamers, video games? By age 21, the average guy will spend over a year playing video games. And just remember, like, they're not playing games when they're toddlers or babies. Whoa, over a year. So, back to the question. What would you do if you had 20 years to do whatever you want? If we're not intentional with our downtime, we already have our answer. The statistics tell us what our answer is going to be. We're going to spend 10 years watching TV. We're going to spend another nine years on our phones and then if you're a guy you could spend another year playing video games 20 years of screen time are we good with that? now obviously those are averages so some of us in the room like and this blows my mind some of us may not even own a tv right but others of us we may not even know how to use the smartphone But the point I'm trying to make is this, our time is easily wasted, like really easily wasted. And every single year, every year I hear the same thing, man, this year went by so fast. Like a minute ago, it was last year, right? (laughs) I hear that every year and I don't want us to be a group of people who are wasting those 20 years. Like, I really don't want to see us waste 20 years of our lives on things that aren't worthwhile. That would be a serious bummer. If we're following Jesus, we need to pay attention to our downtime, to our leisure time. Because the truth is, and this is a hard truth, the truth is this. Our time is not our own. It's not really our own. It belongs to God. It's from God. We read this in scripture that everything we have is from God. So our money is from God. Our, our stuff is God's. Our talents is from God. Everything we have is from him. And that includes our time. Just a couple of scriptures to give some evidence to this. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, you are not your own. You were bought at a price. Jesus died for us so that we could live. Another scripture, 2 Corinthians, and he died for all. Jesus died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them. All that we have, including our time, our free time, belongs to God. So, Just pause for a moment. What even is free time? Like, what do we define free time as? Here's a definition I found online. It says, time when you do not have to work or study or do those types of things and can do what you want. Time to do whatever we choose to do. Like, that's the key word. We have a choice in this. Time to do what we want to do. So, wouldn't it be great to know how to make the most of that time. Like I don't want to get to heaven someday and stand face to face with God and he looks at me and says, whoa, Andrew, you watched a lot of TV. I, I don't, oh man, I don't want that to be the case. I think one of the greatest regrets of our life could be how much of our time was wasted on leisure time, in our leisure time. So let me ask you a question. Is your downtime working for you? Is your downtime working for you? I look at scripture and I see Jesus engaging in downtime. Like he did this and he did it right. He did it well. So here's a couple of examples of Jesus engaging in downtime. Jesus, he went to weddings. Jesus shared meals with people. He went on walks. Jesus sat by a lake. You guys, this looks like downtime. It looks like he's got some leisure time. Another one, Mark chapter 6, Jesus talking to his disciples. He says, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. That sounds like downtime. This one's my favorite, though, Matthew chapter 11. The Son of Man, Jesus, came eating and drinking. But another translation says it just a little bit differently. The Son of Man came Enjoying life. That sounds like Jesus had downtime. So hold that thought. We're wrapping up a series called The 167, Christian Life in the Real World. And I want to see us take advantage of that time that we have. So how do we do that? How do we do that? The book of Ecclesiastes, it gives us a clue. So if you have your Bible, go to Ecclesiastes chapter 2. And this book, Ecclesiastes, it was written by a man named Solomon. Solomon happened to be the wisest guy who ever lived. And um, he's, he's doing something here in Ecclesiastes that probably the majority of us have tried to do at one point in our lives. Try to figure out what is life all about? Like, why are we here? What's the purpose of all this? What's the meaning of life? Is it about work? Is it about just enjoying yourself and doing all these fun things? What's life all about? And so we see in chapter 2 of Ecclesiastes, he's trying to figure out if life is all about pleasure, my downtime. And so he's wrestling with the question, how do I do leisure time? So we can pick it up at verse 1 in chapter 2 of Ecclesiastes. I said to myself, come now, I will test you with pleasure to find out what is good. But that also proved to be meaningless. Laughter, I said, is madness, and what does pleasure accomplish? I tried cheering myself with wine and embracing folly, my mind still guiding me with wisdom. I wanted to see what was good for people to do under the heavens during the few days of their lives. I undertook great projects. I built houses for myself and planted vineyards. I made gardens and parks and planted all kinds of fruit trees in them. I made reservoirs to water groves of flourishing trees. And he goes on and he's talking about other things that he he went after. And you can read on that on your own. But we're going to skip to verse 24. In verse 24, he says, a person can do nothing better than to eat and drink, and find satisfaction in their own toil. This too, I see, is from the hand of God. For without him, who can eat or find enjoyment? The talk today is titled, Downtime, Intentional Living in the Idle Hours. And before we go on, I just want to point out that likely there are three groups of people in the room. Three groups. So first group, we we probably have a group of people who you're managing your downtime pretty okay. Like, it's It's going well. Things are doing, you're doing good in your downtime. Second group, and this is probably the majority, just based on culture these days. This group of people, like, your schedule is packed. And this downtime concept is like, what is that? I don't even know what that is. It's rare. It's precious. And so we want to take advantage of that time. Third group then is the group of people who, you have a lot of downtime, and chances are you're not taking advantage of that. And in fact, it's, it's probably leaning more towards wasted time. And the hope is that today we can all gain a few insights into how we can make the most and be intentional in that downtime. But first, let me go ahead and pray. So God, we just pause and we thank you that you are the one who gave us all this time, Lord, we want to learn how to use it well. Teach us today. Teach us how to make the most of the time that you've given us. Plant some good seeds in our hearts today. In Jesus' name, amen. First fill in, you can write this down. We can make the most of our downtime if we let wisdom guide our pursuits. Let wisdom guide our pursuits. It seems... To me, that like there's evidence that Solomon he wasn't doing this whole thing perfectly. This pleasure thing, downtime thing, he wasn't doing it perfectly. In fact, we we say we see in the text that um, he was embracing folly. I tried cheering myself with wine and embracing folly. Like it doesn't look like he's doing it perfectly. He's making some mistakes along the way. But it's worth noting if we just look a, a little bit further in that verse. It says, "My mind, still guiding me." with wisdom. Solomon is allowing wisdom to lead him. He started down this road towards pleasure and trying to figure out what's life all about. And I'm going to do all these things. And this is a road that can really derail a person's life in no time if we allow it. But before he even set out, he said, I'm going to let wisdom lead in this. I was thinking about my own life then and thinking about some of the times in my life that maybe wisdom was not guiding me in every endeavor. And and I thought back to college. Yeah, you get that. I was thinking about college. And, and when, when when did I not allow wisdom to guide me? And so, so, spe- so specifically, I was thinking about one winter in particular when uh, my friend and I, Ben, we were walking around campus um, and, and we were just hanging out, had nothing to do. And I look up at one of the buildings. It was the administrative building. Big, tall building, like third story. And I looked up, and there was this icicle hanging off the building. And to call it an icicle is like an understatement. Because uh, it—here's a picture of it. (laughs) And that's not even all of it. That's like a third of the icicle. This was a boulder hanging off of the side of this building. If I had to guess, it was probably like 50-plus pounds. It was huge. So I looked at Ben, and I'm like, Ben, let's knock it down. Yeah. So we gather up some ice chunks to throw up at the building, which, hey, that's another unwise decision. Don't throw ice at buildings. (laughs) And then so we're, we're... gathering up these ice chunks and start throwing them, and it's not making a dent. It's not moving. It's not falling. And so we ran out of ice chunks. So I look at Ben, and I'm like, hey Ben, I'm gonna go get the ones that we already threw. If you see it start to fall, shout at me, and I'll I'll jump out of the way. So all the ice chunks were like right underneath it. So I come on over, and I'm like gathering them up, I get a handful of them, and I stand up, and as I stand up, right in front of my face, this boulder of an icicle falls and hits the ground in front of me. (laughs) And then I hear, Andrew! (laughs) And I was like, Ben, what are you? I could have died right there. At the very least, I would have been in the hospital. Like this thing, it literally was right in front of my face. Scary, yeah. And that, that's just one example, small example, of where I didn't allow wisdom to guide my decision-making. I didn't, I didn't allow wisdom to lead me in that moment. That was just a near miss. But these sort of moments, they happen every single day for us. We tend to make mistakes when we totally disengage from wisdom, and those moments where we disengage can change our lives. Like, I, I could have died right there. That's a big change. These changes in our lives, it could be in an instant from driving too quickly, dangerously down the road, having an accident, or it could be slowly over time where the life change happens from a series of unwise choices in our downtime so this brings up a really big question are we doing anything stupid or dangerous in our leisure time and, and you, you could change the wording of that a little bit are we doing anything foolish or dangerous or just unhelpful in our downtime so if we think through the different categories of life, just think through like, okay, so relationally, am I doing anything foolish relationally in my downtime? Am I, am I texting somebody, flirting with somebody that I should not be flirting with? Am I hanging out with people that I know I shouldn't be hanging out with? Financially, am I like squandering my money in my downtime on... Things that aren't helpful. Am I going out and just gambling all my money away in my downtime? Physically, what am I putting in my body during that downtime? Am I just sitting for hours and hours? Spiritually, are we doing anything dangerous or dumb in that downtime? Most of us in the room, we've been there at some point, like there's been a moment where you're like, I know, that, that probably wasn't helpful. I, I saw the fruit of that, and it wasn't helpful. Some of us are still in that lifestyle. So in the text, we see Solomon, and he's going about this whole thing differently. He's, he's allowing wisdom to steer his decision-making and help him steer clear of like, life-changing things, unwise pursuits. But can I give you an example of someone in the Bible who failed at this? We don't have to look far. We just look at uh, Solomon's dad, King David. David, he was the king of Israel. Some of you may already know this story. 2 Samuel chapter 11, it says this. In the spring, at the time when kings go off to war, David remained in Jerusalem. So here's King David. He's the king. Supposed to go off to war with the army. This is like the time of year that you do this. And he decides, nah, I'm going to stay home. Going to have some downtime. Maybe it was a vacation. I don't know what it looked like for him. But he stayed home. Had some downtime instead. And the story goes on to describe one night in particular. Where he was at home doing nothing significant with his downtime. So we look at verse 2. It says, one evening, David got up from his bed and walked around on the roof of the palace. From the roof, he saw a woman bathing. So here's David. He's up at night. Should be sleeping. Actually, should be off at war. But he's up at night, and he's he's walking around on the roof, and and he's looking around, and he's looking in people's windows. It, it, It seems like he's looking in people's windows. Where's the wisdom here? Like what are you doing David? This is not wise use of downtime. And can I tell you this moment, this misuse of downtime, it started a chain reaction of problems for David. Here's just kind of what happened after that. So David, he he ended up like he was interested he, he looked at her and he's like, I, I want to know more about her. So he sent somebody to go find out more information about her. And then he sent somebody else and, like, and, and brought her to him. He slept with her. He got her pregnant. Then he finds out, oh, she's married. And so he, he went off and had her husband killed. And it all comes down to this. The end of the account, it, it ends with this statement. Verse 27. But the thing David had done displeased the Lord. Pay attention to this. David's unwise choice, it it led to a whole list of things. Here's what it led to. It led to him committing adultery. It led to him committing murder. Whoa. (laughs) Ultimately, it cost him the life of his child. It marred his reputation for the rest of his life. Just because of, like, one night. You can write this down. David's misuse of downtime resulted in a trail of trouble. Now, our own misuse of downtime, it may never result in, like, that level of trouble for us. But many of our troubles in life can like we can see a connection back to a previous unwise pursuit many of the troubles that we see in our lives when we let wisdom guide us we think twice about our choices so every everything we do every click online every purchase everything we choose to do in our me time goes through goes through a filter am i making the wise choice Will God approve of how I spend my next hour? On the flip side then, um, we've got, so we've got Proverbs chapter 3. We see that uh, Solomon, he actually wrote this too. He's talking about um, blessings with wisdom. So Proverbs chapter 3, we've got a scripture here. Scripture. (laughs) Proverbs 3, I'll, I'll read it. <laughs> Blessed are those who find wisdom. Blessed are those who find wisdom. That sounds really good. <laughs> this whole chapter in Proverbs, is, it's talking about the benefits of being wise. Like, where do we get wisdom? From God. Benefits, it goes on to say, That wisdom is more valuable than gold. It's more valuable than silver. Like, we want these things. And so, on the other side of this, if we don't have wisdom, these unwise choices out there, they could very well lead us into the danger zone. Like, this is risky. Solomon's words there in in Ecclesiastes then, my mind's still guiding me with wisdom. It's a caution to us. Is this pursuit wise? Should I do this? So let me give you a couple of questions to to help us. Some wise questions. Number one, what are my motives? Everything we choose to do is driven by some motive, either good or bad, helpful or unhelpful. We have things that are driving us. So in my downtime, are my motives driven by godly things? Second one, have I done this before? So my icicle story, after I nearly died by an icicle, I'll tell you, I didn't do that ever again. (laughs) Are we allowing our past behaviors to teach us something? Are we learning from those things? An observation from the David story, he never did that again. Third question, who is watching Who's watching? And, and I'm, not, I'm not just talking about God here. Yes, God is watching, absolutely. But let me tell you a story. Just this past week, on Monday, I was hanging out with my friends. Uh, we were going to watch a movie, and we decided, oh, we need snacks. Yes, snacks. So I ran down to the gas station close by, and I was browsing the snack aisle, and I was looking at pork rinds, which, by the way, <laughs> that's an unwise choice in itself. Blah. <laughs> And so I'm looking at these snacks, and out of nowhere, these two kids jump up next to me. And here's a picture of them, Addie and Noah. They're from our children's ministry. Great kids. Love them. They they pop up next to me, and they're like, oh, Mr. Andrew, hey, how you doing? It's good to see you talk to us. (laughs) And can I tell you how glad I am that I was not standing there arguing with the cashier in that moment? Can I tell you, I am so glad that I was not putting my hope in a lottery ticket when they were watching me. Can I tell you, I'm just so glad that I wasn't browsing a section of the store that wouldn't have been helpful, wouldn't have sent a a positive message to those kids. People are watching us all the time. Whether we realize it or not, I have no idea how long they were watching me before they got the courage to come up and say, hello. They're watching. People are watching. So is our downtime Is our downtime going after wise pursuits? So that first point, we can make the most of our downtime if we let wisdom guide our pursuits. Second point, we can make the most of our downtime if we remember its source. Remember its source. And what I mean by that is... We really need to remember that our time is not ours. It's, it's from God, our downtime specifically. And, and where we're headed is we need to remember to include him in it, to bring God into that time. So back in the text, Solomon, he says in Ecclesiastes chapter 2 verse 24, a person can do nothing better than to eat and drink and find satisfaction in their own toil. This too, I see, is from the hand of God, for without him, who can eat or find enjoyment? All that fun stuff, all those things that we do in our downtime, it's great. It's a worthwhile pursuit. In fact, Solomon says there's nothing better than to go after those things. But, but, it's worthless without God. For without him, who can eat or find enjoyment? Another scripture, we we see that all this good is from God. Psalm 1611, talking about God. God, you make known to me the path of life. You, God, will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. It's God. That's where we get the joy. That's where we find pleasure God's goal is to guide us into a life well-lived. And the well-lived life comes when we include God in the 167, including our downtime. God, remember, is the one who gives us all these good things in life. He's the source of all that good stuff that is in your life. And he's given us the ability to enjoy these things. Like, we, we can enjoy the things that God has given us. And so Solomon is making the point that the stuff we get to do in our free time is only worth doing if we include God in it, if we bring him into, into that time. So here's the idea. Our free time should include God awareness. What does this look like? Let me give you two personal examples. So the first one is this. As I was preparing this talk, it forced me to, like, address my own downtime. How am I using my downtime? And I was thinking through those statistics earlier, the, the TV time and phone time, and those statistics, they hurt. Like, it hurt me when I was reading that, because I'm, I'm the one who's scrolling on my phone just going through my Facebook news feed for too long, or reading sports blogs for too long, and I'm the one sitting in front of the TV for too many hours. And and it forced me to realize, like, what am I getting out of this time? Like what's really happening as I'm just mindlessly doing this stuff? Can I tell you what I get out of three hours of TV time? Nothing. Another story, second personal example. Last summer I spent a day out with my mom. She's great. Here's a picture of her. My mom. (laughs) This is actually from the day that we spent together. We went to the Wellfield Botanic Gardens over in Elkhart. I never even knew about this place, but it was awesome. She's a green thumb, so like plants and outdoorsy stuff is fun for her. She loves it. Loves gardening, flowers, and all that. So We're walking around the gardens, and I'm quizzing her on, well, do you know this one? What's the name of that and that? And she got them all. She's amazing. And so we're just walking around. We're sharing stories and laughing and enjoying this time together and and dreaming about the, the plants that we want to plant at our homes. And can I just say, man, I just enjoyed that time. And I just remember thinking to myself, God, thanks for this. This is really nice. God gave us those beautiful plants. He blessed me with this fun mom. In that downtime together, my God awareness simply looked like thankfulness. And really, I think that most of the time, that's what it looks like. Most of the time, it's just, wow, God, you're good. Thanks for that. Thanks for this. I'm remembering you in this. I'll finish things up with this scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31. Powerful scripture. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Do it all for the glory of God. Include God in those things. Scripture opens up the door to so many things. So yeah, like eat those chicken nuggets. <laughs> Savor that Dr. Pepper. Go hunting, play in that volleyball league, play card games together. Just do it all for the glory of God and bring Him into it. So, last fill in Does my downtime include God? To wrap up, we can make the most of our downtime if we let wisdom guide our pursuits and if we remember its source. Why don't you go ahead and stand, and we're going to move into a time of prayer. Thanks for listening to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We pray that you are impacted by this message. God bless, and see you next time.